Numbers. Back to the book of Numbers. You see, we're in Exodus 32. But we're going through the... Somebody has called it sandals in the sand. The children of God in the wilderness in the Old Testament. And we've skipped from... Following the historical account, we've skipped from the... Exodus into Numbers to pick up the next account of their complaint. So it looks like we've covered heap of history, but you can read it all and what happened in between time. And this is the next account. For instance, there are three issues with water. One, where they were at Marah, the waters were bitter. One, at Rephidim, where they had none and Moses smote the rock. Then there's a third issue with water that comes a bit later than where we are, and that's going to be where Moses smote the rock twice when he's told to speak to it, and that'll be another sermon. And so there's three of those, just with water. And we've looked at three in idolatry, Exodus 32, and a bit of 33. Today we're in Numbers chapter 11, verses 1 to 3 to start with. At this time, the children of Israel have been in the wilderness for two years and two months. And that's recorded in Numbers chapter 10 and verse 11. Just back a bit. It came to pass on the 20th day of the second month in the second year that the cloud was taken up from off the tabernacle of the testimony. So it's moving along in chronological order. And this is the way we're presenting these. So after their first major march, what how did they know where to go? How did, they, how did they know where to move next? The glory of the Lord moved. The cloud started moving. Pack up. We're leaving. <laughs> Follow the Lord. Isn't that good instruction for the Christian? Follow the Lord wherever he goes. <clears throat> As he's going to move your back up, move on <laughs> in your Christian life. Grow in the Lord. And so this is their first march. And at the end of their first march, if you look at from where Sinai is, where they received the law, which, which happened back there, we were looking at Exodus 32. And this, this occasion, it's a, it's a fair hike. It's sort of, well, they're going up toward where the Beersheba was, where the Aussies <laughs> took on the Turks. And 800 light, light horsemen went in there, Aussies, <laughs> And the horses, what they, we said, belted for leather or something is the phrase. And they went in there and the guns, the, the, the guns of the, the Turks could not lower quick enough because the horses were coming so quick. And they were outgunned and the horses jumped the trenches and the Turks were... And, and some Aussies just dropped into the trenches and took care of things there. <laughs> and then they took all the wells at Beersheba. But anyway, move on from that. That's where this, uh, this, uh, this is occurring that we're looking at this morning. Complaining through covetousness or are we content through Christ? That's the topic this morning. Complaining because of our covetous heart that they had, we have, or are we content through Christ? And so here we see them complaining after their first long march. Now, <laughs> you can feel for them. They're in a desert. It was hot, but they had a cloud. It was like, like on a, like an evaporative air conditioner. <laughs> the cloud was there. The sun was beaten out. 
everywhere else around them, and so the hot air would be coming in, but the cloud would keep them cool by, by day. But what happened at night? What happens in the desert at night time to the temperature? <laughs> below freezing. <laughs> it goes below freezing. So what did the Lord have for them at night? A fire. <laughs> hey, can you get better than that? <laughs> A fire and cloud air conditioning 24-7 for 40 years. <laughs> they had this. But here they thought they were going through a hard time. A little hardness. They wanted to quit. Let's turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13. It tells us here, the Lord gave us a parable that we can liken to what they were going through and what we go through. It's the parable of the sower and the seed. The seed is the word, the soil is the hearts of the people, the sower is the labourer, the fowls are the wicked one, is the wicked one, the sun is tribulation, and the thorns are the cares of this world. Just a few words that are used in this parable. But in the first instance, the seed fell on the wayside, and the birds, picturing Satan, come and snatch it away. These people didn't even respond. Like most people today, hear the word of God and it goes where? Over the top or goes in here and out there. (laughs) Forgot the word. The next one was where it fell on stony ground. Stony ground. And it grew, but soon as what happened? Trouble. Tribulations. That's what it says in in verse 20 in the interpretation of that. The stony place, the same as he that heareth the word and... Anon with joy receiveth it, yet hath no root in himself, but endureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. I'm out of here. That sounds very much like some of these people, or a lot of the people in the wilderness. God's chosen people come out of Egypt, out of the world, see the miracles of God, and then, wow, this is great. You know, it was said to me when we bought the Crystal Creek camp back in 1990. I can say it. My brother-in-law said to me, he said, if you're going to get anything done there, do it in the first 18 months, two years at the most, because that's the honeymoon. After that, it's (laughs) labour. It's hard work. And it was true. (laughs) We put the emphasis on there. We got the dam in. We got the chapel up. And... uh, did diff- and other things happened. But then it was very hard to get labourers back there. And then it got to the point we had to pay people to come. And then we started going to debt. <laughs> and, so, and so we had to sell eventually. When you look at the big picture of those 30 or less years. And the honeymoon was over. With the children of Israel, it didn't take a f- two, year, two years and two months. The honeymoon was over. They were forgetting about the miracles that, that, that happened in Egypt, of the plagues that come. They were forgetting about the Red Sea parting and the walls of water, the, the water from the rock, the, the bitter waters made. So they were forgetting about these things. They were forgetting about the adultery they committed, and God had to smite many of them. Well, a lot of, what, 7,000 people died from men from that. So <clears throat> let's not forget. Uh, what do we say in Australia? Lest. We forget. 25th of? April. April. Thank you. 25th of April. Lest we forget. That's for our army. 
lest we forget we're in the Christian army of what God has done. Keep it in memory, keep it in mind, and look to the future. Don't have a honeymoon and do the stony ground hearers and, oh, I'm out of here. Then there was the thorny ground hearers. They were the third bunch here. <clears throat> and this is, the, this is the weeds that come in. These people grew, they understood the word of God. They knew the challenge. Then the weeds come. And you talk to farmers here, the, the weeds. You, you have a farmer not spray his paddock to put it in crop. He really has to spray it just for the weed's sake, for the grass to grow. But the weeds overtake and take the moisture and the goodness out of the soil. <laughs> Where I was from down at Emerald, Cockatoo, Jembrook, the weeds were the blackberries. You haven't seen blackberries till you've been around Jembrook and Cockatoo, especially in the chocolate soil or the black soil, and it's, and it's over double this deep of topsoil. Just incredible. And the blackberries grow 20 foot tall, just all mass. And you go in with a bulldozer because they can't do much else, and <clears throat> you drive into it, and through it and under it and all over you and hope you come out the other side somewhere <laughs> and then turn around and go back the other way and until you mush them all, mash them all down they're hanging off you on all sides it's a bit like being at sea your stomach starts going because you, you've got no reference point but anyway the weeds nothing else grows under it nothing there's, there's wombats and rabbits and, and dead logs and things like that that's the picture of a lot of people Christians, I think these ones are Christians. But the, the, and in the wilderness, it was the same. They knew God, understood God was working, understood they were going to the land of milk and honey, but they lost the plot. The things of this world got a hold of their heart, so much so that they were ineffective for the Lord. <clears throat> so they were consumed, it's in the outline there, they were consumed by these things, either the heat of the sun or the wicked one or by the weeds that grew in their life. Do you like being around a whinger? Do you like being around one who is griping all the time? Do you like being around who, one who is belly aching? I think that's another phrase. You, you probably add a few to it. No. <laughs> You sort of try to get away and talk to someone else. It's not edifying. And this is what they were. And Moses had to put up with this bunch for 40 years. <laughs> Always complaining. <laughs> and uh, being consumed by the troubles and tribulations and the heat of the desert and the heat of the problems. And this is only just into their marches. So... <clears throat> We need to be careful we're not one of them. Hebrews chapter 12 talks about these people, I think, in essence, that they are controlled by self-interests. They're consumed by themselves and their problems. Now, I, we don't mind listening to your problem as long as it's not the same problem every week and the same story, okay? You know, we all have problems, <laughs> We all got issues. Price has got issues, you know, problems. But when you go on and on, <clears throat> you ever talk to someone and you, they're into something, you know, yeah, 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 you told me, you told me. And they don't stop. <laughs> they keep going. 
What do you do? <laughs> and smile. <laughs> As a Christian, <laughs> I'm containing myself. <laughs> you might say gently again, um, yep, and, and finish the story for them. <laughs> Got an emergency? Alicia. <laughs> but <clears throat> self-interest, controlled by these things. In Hebrews chapter 12, in verse 3, it says, For consider him that endured such contradiction against, of sinners against himself. Who is that? The Lord Jesus. As he ministered, he was contradicted by sinners. He was contradicted by his family. He was contradicted by even his followers. And some walked away and never came back. Even the apostles, they all run away at the end, didn't they? Lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. We're all going to have these tribulations. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. We're still alive. We're still kicking. We're not pushing up daisies yet. This is what it said here. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, died, striving against these things. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children my son despise not thou the chastening of the lord nor faint when thou art rebuked of him <clears throat> so are we controlled by self-interest are we fainting having a fainting fit i heard a sermon on that once fainting fits of christians in the in the ways of life because of the tribulations oh woe is me you know Woe is me. <clears throat> a faith that, you can finish this for me, a faith that cannot be tried, cannot be trusted. trusted, cannot be trusted. And we need the trials to make us to grow. And the winds of adversity, the heat of the day, and everything in our lives, they help us to become the people that we are. A person that has been protected and soft and hedged in and hemmed in and hasn't faced anything. I'm afraid there's a lot of children around like that. Have not had to face it. When they hit, when, when the winds of adversity hit them and the, the world is there, whoa. <laughs> and uh, they can run off and, and join the world and forget about God. Self-interested people. Verse 12 of the same chapter of uh, Hebrews 12. Wherefore lift up the hands that hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet. This is what to do. If you've got problems, trust in the Lord. Be chastened and corrected by him. And make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way. And let it rather be healed. Following peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently... And this is where that next point comes. We can contaminate others if we've got the wrong attitude. And this happened in Israel's camp, didn't it? Some sort of leader amongst the group or the tribe would stand up. I don't like this. We shouldn't be going through this. Let's go back to Egypt. <laughs> Let's enjoy the delicacies, the leeks and the onions, the garlics and things back in Egypt. They wanted to go back there. And the leader stood up and looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and by it what happens? Many be defiled. People say, yeah, I'm with you. I'm out of here. 
Every year we have to go through the roll book to do the, business, the annual business meeting, the church roll. Uh, <clears throat> wow. If everyone was still here, <laughs> I think we're close to 400. And that, that's members. And usually it's double that with people that come along and, and ad, adherence, you know. So there would, we wouldn't fit, fit on this old block if we had a big building. We'd need two or three times the size. Because people have said this. People have said, what about this doctrine? And what about that doctrine? And oh, follow me, let's go from here. Listen. <laughs> All those who have done that will have to give an account. I'm not saying we are right altogether and there's things that we can't see that we might be wrong in. And we need to adjust. We need to say, I was wrong. You know, this is the truth. And um, we say, please tell us if that's so. If you can show us from the Bible that we're not preaching in an area correctly, then tell us about that. That needs to be what a church is like. And that's why local churches are good. Because that can happen if you have got a church that's a mainline denomination. You can't even you can't get in there. You can't say a thing, because that's often the sermons are being sent to them from outside of the church. They don't know what's needed in the local situation. Local church is God's way of doing it, and has been God's way of doing it. And the ones that have stood firm from the start of the church till now, the Lollards and the Albigensians and the, all the others that. They were local churches, grouped together in in areas. These contaminate other people and are led away with the bitterness, and I don't like this. I'd rather give up and fail and complain and grizzle and gripe. You know, as we're going through these, you might say, it's all very negative messages. No, there's a very positive element to it, isn't there? There's what we should do because we are Christians and what we will do to please the Lord. Praise God for the faithful ones that stick at it through thick and thin. Um, Considerations. Back there in the book of Numbers, chapter 11, verse 1, that we read there, they complained, it displeased the Lord, and the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled. The Lord Lord heard these children complaining, as you do your children, or have, if they're all grown up, and the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed those that were in the outermost parts of the camp. And verse 3, Tabira, the fire of the Lord come among them. God is not pleased. And this is what he did about their griping and complaining when they had all that they had. They had fire and cloud we've considered. They had shoes that didn't wear out for 40 years. And as I've said before, the ladies wouldn't like that. They'd like a new pair now and then. So. <laughs> but they were killing animals and they had some leather. They were doing sacrifices. So they could have, anyway. That um, <laughs> they had clothes that didn't wear out. I like those sort of clothes. <laughs> Cost nothing. They had food from heaven. Angels' food every day. They had water. <laughs> in the desert, from the rock, from the Lord. And all these things they had there, they had protection. They had victories over their enemy. They had the law. They had leaders that were concerned for them, so much willing last week we said that Moses was willing to lay down his life and say, curse me, let them live. And uh, 
Oh, we are a blessed people, and today in Australia we are blessed to be on measure, that, and we don't understand it. You look at any other country, but, a, but other than a few Western countries, and we are blessed with so many things, and we can start complaining and griping about it. Oh, and, and what is God saying? <laughs> He's holding the fire back and saying, oh, I could burn them, consume them, as it says in these verses. <clears throat> Yep. So some considerations. Think of the burning of the Lord. And there's some verses. I won't get you to turn. I will turn. In John 16, verse 33, it reads, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have what? Tribulation. Christians, we're going to have it. Tribulation will come. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world, said the Lord our leader. Uh, follow him. Be an overcomer with him in Acts 14 and 22. 14:22, we read, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith that they, that they, or we, sorry, must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. What did it say? Much tribulation. We will have troubles. Don't be surprised when they come. We read about that in Hebrews 12 already, 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 12, I believe it is. All, yeah, yeah, yea, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus, what does it say? Shall suffer persecution. The godlier you live the more the troubles. Look at Paul. We've looked at him a few months ago and the troubles he had. But did he say, well, this is not right. I'm not being blessed. This must be, I'm out of the will of God. No, no. <laughs> he knew. And, and they all forsook him. The apostle that wrote half the New Testament books, they all forsook him. Don't be surprised. <laughs> Consider these things. Stay true to the Lord. Don't complain, gripe and grizzle and bellyache about things. Um, Job 5 verse 7. Man is born under trouble as the sparks fly upward. 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 6 says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, Peter said to his flock of scattered believers, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honour and glory at the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. (laughs) Keep at it. Don't give up. Don't quit when the going gets tough. When the the going gets tough, what do we say? The tough get going. (laughs) This is an opportunity to show my faith and to grow in my faith for the Lord. Chapter 2 of... First Peter and verse 19, we read there, For this is thankworthy if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully, for, that, for what glory is it if when ye are buffeted for your faults ye take it patiently? You, know, you copped that one on the chin. <laughs> you, we did wrong and we copped it. You got pulled up by the police and got booked. Even the pastor does that sometimes. Rushing home to get here before... Midnight Saturday night, so preach on Sunday. 
had a little motorbike come around the corner the other way and he pulled me over. Anyway, we won't talk about that. It was that yellow streak of a tyranna that did it. <laughs> That's the last time I got booked this quite a lot of years ago. Now, anyway, <clears throat> but when ye do well and suffer for it, you know, you cop it on the chin when you do wrong. Your fault. <laughs> and most of us don't tell everybody else when we've been pulled up by the police, do we? Only the pastor. <laughs> Who's never been pulled up by the police? Don't smile too much because they're always out there. Aren't they? Oh, you just got your license. <laughs> oh, two more. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you'll live long enough. <laughs> but just obey the law and you won't cop it on the chin. <laughs> but, but, notice that big but, the middle of that. When you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently. This is acceptable with God. And you say, wow, that's a bit heavy. <laughs> I do the right thing and I do the right thing and I do the right thing and then that comes on you from every angle. The devil doesn't like you doing it. That's why. Just keep doing it. <laughs> don't quit. Don't complain like these people. These are some considerations from Scripture. <clears throat> don't have the burning of the Lord. Have a burning heart for the Lord. <laughs> and uh, do what's glorifying to him in Romans chapter 5 and verse 3 it says and not only so but we glory in tribulations also knowing that tribulation worketh patience patience experience and experience hope hope at the end of the day <laughs> and hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost who is given unto us we have a wonderful hope for the future keep a, keep your keep your eye on that <laughs> I went to bed at 10 last night, but I, I had to get up. I, I wasn't going to sleep. It was that coffee, Troy. Uh, <laughs> there's a second cup of coffee. I hadn't had all, any all week and had two cups yesterday. Don't offer me another one on Saturday. <laughs> it was about 3.30 in the afternoon, but it was good. <laughs> but it, I paid for it until 2 this morning. Went to bed, and then I woke up with a start at about 10 to 6. Ding! And thoughts pop in your head. <laughs> And uh, <clears throat> a thought was, you know, we are criticised because of Andrew's ministry in different ways. And I'm saddened to say there's very few churches, maybe two in all of the ones in Victoria, that support Andrew. And they have a reason. And so in my mind I was going over, why? Have we got a defence from Scripture for that? And so I've written a whole page this morning, another sermon. <laughs> but <clears throat> and, and, and those things happen and you say, Lord, we're just trying to do right. Let's get behind this. It was because of a phone call last night too that Andrew made. We had a discussion yesterday afternoon and in the evening about some things, usually about that, you know, the dollar sign thing to, to meet the the needs of the ministry and praise the Lord that the needs have been met so well this year and I'm not, I'm not complaining, I'm not griping I'm just saying this is the fact these are the facts when you do well you will suffer for it and <clears throat> oh Lord deliver us from this griping terrible whinging attitude, we don't like to be around them, instead of all those things 
Let's be, what do we find in First Timothy that Troy read this morning, chapter 6? There's a word that was used over again a few times. Be, and if you're looking on your WhatsApp, you'll find it in the outline there, content. Be content. This is the answer to the complaining attitude. Be content. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 said, says, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Let's be content with him so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what men shall do unto me. First Timothy 6, 6 and 7 that was read earlier. But godliness with contentment is great gain. If these people in the wilderness in Numbers, well, Numbers 11 were content, they wouldn't be griping. The Lord would have taken them into the promised land. I'm sure they wouldn't have when the spies were sent. We've got to do that yet. When the spies were sent into the land, they would have come back. Let's go. And everyone said, let's go. They wouldn't have been. They had a bad attitude before they left to spy out the land, except for Joshua and Caleb. And they, 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 have a, they had a defeatist attitude. We're done. We can't fight. You know, we're only a small group of people. Look at all these giants in the land. We're, we're, we're like grasshoppers in their sight. That's what they said. They, they had a wrong mind before they even went. But Caleb and Joshua, we can do it. <laughs> we can do it. And we can because we're not doing it. <laughs> the Lord is doing it through us. So <clears throat> godliness with contentment is great gain for we brought nothing into the world and it is certain we can carry nothing out. We're coming through here like a, a blink of an eye is compared with the eternity. We come in, we're born, we grow, we die. They push our daisies. <laughs> it's all over. Be content as you're here with what God supplies and how he meets your need. We can carry nothing out and having food and raiment, let us be there with content. What did it say? Food and raiment. Keep those two in mind. Philippians 4, verse 11. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatever state I am, said Paul, in that to be, what's the word? Content. To be content. And I've put another one here. Matthew seven thirteen and 14 says, Enter in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. The majority of those in the wilderness, well, they all died, didn't they? From 20 years old and up died eventually because they were looking to go on the broad road. They wanted to go back. God knew their heart that they wanted to go back to where they came out from. And there was a broad way that leads to destruction. And many there be that go that way because straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leadeth to life and few there be that find it. Thank God that you and your family and those listening have found the narrow way. Where's it lead to? Life. I was listening to someone read, it was on the radio, and it was they were reading Pilgrim's Progress and had the squeaky voices and for, for the different characters. And um, Pilgrim was with Faithful having a discussion on the way home. So I sat in the car and listened to the rest of it when we got home. It's a long time since I read Pilgrim's Progress. But there, it, <clears throat> enter in at the straight gate. 
Find the narrow way. Stay on the narrow way. Uh, we've got the celestial city to look forward to as Pilgrim and them did. Um, <clears throat> Jerry Bridges, a preacher, said this. His comment on contentment was, he said it is in three areas. Contentment in possessions, contentment in position, and contentment in providence. And that pretty well sums up life. Contentment in possessions, position, and providence. Are you content in those areas? Let's look at Philippians. Turn to Philippians, please. Philippians chapter 4. Our longing for contentment. We've been born with this in our heart. This world is not what it's all about. There's something more. Unsaved people have it. That's why they seek for contentment in areas they won't find it. We're looking for contentment in the wrong places. And here's a few of the areas. You think of the rich fool that said, I'm going to build bigger barns. That will bring me contentment. This, soul, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be? Contentment does not come from a position. If only I was the boss, <laughs> I would be content. You know, you've never been the boss, and if you got the boss's job, you'd probably quit within a week. Because there's a lot of pressures you know nothing about that he faces for you and working all your wage out and working your superannuation out. I suppose it's done by a computer now, but all those things. If only I was the CEO. If only I was the Prime Minister. He can have the job. I wouldn't want that for quids. For, the, for what he gets, for what he does, and all the hassles he has, particularly from the media, and if he's, a, if, he's a, if he's a man that is doing right, you say, poor Prime Minister. I've noticed our Prime Minister looking age, aged. It's, it's taken its toll on him. He's looking older, he's looking weary and worn out at times. And now he's, he's, he's picking a fight with the States. Not America, the States. Here. Good on him. I would say, you know... What did I say? Dictator down, down, down there <laughs> is, um, yeah. I'd like to be on, on on their meetings. What they have with the states, those, those meetings they call them, <laughs> and hear what's really happening there. Anyway, you can have the job. Pray for him. I'd like to be in control. People that are born with a bent, and as particularly, it seems to be men, and there's some ladies that want it, want to be. They cannot. And they get so frustrated, they get so mad, and they lose their mind because they can't control it. It might be, it might be uh, the, the company, it might be the, the church, it, 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 might, it might be the family, and they lose control. And God lets that loss of control happen to try to teach them to just submit humbly to the Lord, you know, Contentment doesn't come from position. The higher the position, the more responsibility. Adolf Hitler, what did he want? Total control. Mao Zedong, is that another one? What's some others that, that wanted control? They got control. Where are they now? In hell, roasting forever. They had control. They're the meanest men 
that ever lived. And there's a few of them coming and rising today, isn't there? China. Look at that. <laughs> Little Australian impotent people. <laughs> what that fellow said on Wednesday night when I heard him talking of one of the ambassadors to Australia, and I thought, you, <laughs> talking like that about us in our country. Like we're not supposed to say no to you. Oh, anyway. <laughs> Little dictators. And they're everywhere. <laughs> and they're in churches. <laughs> Don't worry. I've, yep, you've seen them. And people in our church have seen that happen in churches. <clears throat> anyway. Contentment does not come from position. It does not come from the paycheck either. <clears throat> A billionaire was asked, and I read this just recently, how much is enough? And he said, just a little bit more. And I was reading just last night about the richest man, is it Warren Buffett? Two, he's the richest that has ever, ever lived, 200 billion. He might get to a trillion once you get to a certain point, it just goes bang, 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 and it multiplies. That's not going to help you. The paycheck being bigger doesn't necessarily... Sometimes it might harm you. <clears throat> Contentment does not come from purchases. Now, we all feel pretty good when we buy something new, don't we? Remember getting the new bike? I remember we got a new bike, a push bike, 24-inch wheels it had. Not that way, that way. <laughs> Our cousin, he was over the road, he had a new bike. A drag, I call them dragsters. Great big handlebars. Like those motorbike fellows that go like this. So how uncomfortable. But anyway. <laughs> and us three boys had one bike. <laughs> and all the other ones were second-handers that we had to keep fixing all the time. But when we got a new bike, that was something else. It didn't stay new for long, of course. And nothing does. You know, contentment does not come from having something new. You ever got a new car and sat in and you go, ah, you smell that new smell? You know, what it, you know what it smells like if you walk past a window and someone's got a new car. Yeah. <laughs> smells good. <laughs> but... Yeah, get it about four months and the smell's gone and the dent's calm and the scratches and and it's just the old car out, in the, out, out there in the carport or whatever. It doesn't come, contentment does not come from persons either, from people. People disappoint us and will and have, well, have and will. You know, friends will disappoint us. So don't pin your hope on then contentment does not come and this is really covered with the others but in possessions <clears throat> what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul a man's life consists not in the abundance of the things that he possesses but contentment does not come from pleasure either a lot of people pleasure <laughs> who's who would love to have a holiday from being locked down you know <laughs> we would <laughs> We had it all booked. We've had a few book and go now. And we're going to ring this week and cancel the next one. We're trying to you know, book ahead to get a break. And, and it's not until you're locked down 
And then you really want it, don't you? That's when you really say, I'm missing my holiday. <laughs> but if it wasn't a lockdown, we probably wouldn't be thinking that way. It's just that when there's, a, when there's no law, that's fine. And when the law comes, it's the old man. <laughs> I want to have my way. And I want to complain and gripe about this. So if a holiday comes, it will. Hey, we all got a big holiday coming. It's called, it starts at the rapture. <laughs> and we have an eternal, well, it's not going to be do nothing up there. There's going to be plenty to do. I'm not getting through this too quickly. <clears throat> pleasures, pleasures. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. All those things that we've looked at just there are around money. <laughs> If we had the money, maybe that's why we haven't. The Lord knows where we would go with it and what would happen to our spiritual life. And so there's our longing for contentment, our learning from contentment in Philippians 4 and verse 11. Let's read that. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have, I have learned. Paul had to learn this. We have to learn this. This is, this is through the experiences of life. It's not something that you've you got it. You learn it as you grow in it, in whatever state I'm that in, to be content. How to hunger and all those things. I'm content by the learning of life. Paul had learned contentment through praying to God in verse 6. He says, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. <clears throat> Bring your things to the altar. Paul had learned contentment. Through the presence of God, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, he has said. Paul had learned contentment, and you read it in this chapter of 4 of Philippians, through the peace of God. Verse 7, for the peace of God that passes all understanding. Ah, once you've got the peace of God, you have peace with God, and you have peace with your neighbor, and you've got peace about living, you have the peace of God. Let the peace of God rule your hearts. It says in Colossians 3.15, Colossians 1.20, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And we've got, we have peace with God through the blood of the cross. Romans 5.1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Why worry about it all? Why aren't we content? Paul had learned contentment through the power of God in verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. Paul had learned contentment through the promises of God. Being content with them. Look at them all. Look at the promises here. Yeah, I've gone to prepare a place for you and all the others about eternal life. Paul had learned contentment through the provisions of God. My God shall supply all your needs in verse 19 according to his riches in glory. Paul had learned contentment <clears throat> from the presence of God in Hebrews uh, 12 verse 5 and 6 we won't turn there he had learned contentment from the people of God and from the presence of God in his life let's turn and just briefly touch on a few thoughts and we'll close from first Timothy chapter 6 <clears throat> here we have a as it were an outline and warning from the scripture one in Philippians about contentment and, one, and these are the main ones about contentment we've just looked at Philippians so four now we look at first Timothy six if we can do that as quickly we'll be over soon verse five perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth 
supposing that gain is godliness. From such, withdraw yourself. Suppositions of men about possessions. I must be spiritual because I've got a lot. I remember when I was a kid and Dad had all these bulldozers and Uncle had bulldozers and the other uncle had bulldozers and, and there was you know there was things happening everywhere, big sheds being built, repair places. We even had Bob Jones from Bob Jones University come to the shed and stand up on one of the back of the scrapers and preach to all the people that were locally gathered together. And Bob Jones he even was there. And he said, I love it, love it. You know, he's in a big shed with all these machines. But I can say, wow, you know, where's somebody? But then you get a car and you go to Melbourne, you see all these big factories, bigger factories, bigger machines. He said, well, someone else has got them too. <laughs> you weren't the only ones in the world. Uh, <clears throat> suppositions of ma- about possessions of men. Spiritual- spirituality brings contentment. Look at verse 6. But godliness with contentment is what? Great gain. You know, you can be more content than Warren Buffett or whoever that $200 billion person is. You can be more content than he because you know where you're going and what life's about. What would you rather? Have all that money for life and can't spend it anyway? What would you spend it on? And going, die and go eternal punishment? Or live like Lazarus and eat the crumb from the rich man's table? Die and go to heaven. Which would you rather? When, when, you're, there for, when you're there for an hour, which would you rather? Hmm. Well, we all know what the answer to that is. Spirituality. Being spiritual brings contentment. Verse 7. The stern reality about possessions is given. For we brought nothing into this world and it's certain we can take nothing out. We've mentioned it already. The satisfaction should come from two things, according to verse 8, having food and raiment. There it is. And the raiment probably covers a house. Because you could be out there last night, it was a frost on the roof at whatever, 3 o'clock this morning of the shed, and be pretty cold. It's good to be in a house with a heater going, isn't it? (laughs) Having these two necessities met, be content. How many are not content and have suffered because of that lack of contentment? Food and raiment. The children of Israel had had that, didn't they? They had it. <laughs> we mentioned it before. Sna- <clears throat> Verse 9. Snares and riches of covetousness is mentioned. But they will, that will be rich, even just the desire to be rich, it seems to indicate there, will fall into what? temptations they have temptations we who are poor I know nothing about and a snare what's that fella on that committed suicide the other day and he'd been messing around with a lot of young girls getting them in he, he's actually he was a Jew he's been on the news of recent Epstein that's him yeah Ah, he, he, he had a lot of riches, but what did he use them for? See, the temptation of riches, a snare. Moony, foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men into destruction and perdition. And now the woman that all arranged it is, on the, is in the dock now and, and being and taken, taken in. And others that do different things with their money. 
I praise God for the few people <laughs> that are willing to share it and to help others out. But snare, the snares of riches are mentioned there in covetousness. The sorrows from the love of riches is mentioned in verse 10. For the love of money is a root of all evil, which, well, some have coveted after. Covetousness, just like those in the wilderness, I want to go back to the world. They have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Ask them at the end of life, how was life, you know, with your billions of dollars, how was life? We, we, we struggle to think in millions of dollars, but in billions. And how was it? Not good. It won't buy me a, another day. It won't give me health. It might give me a few days from doctors' expenses being paid extravagantly, but it's not going to give me eternal life. Verse 11 and 12, sound advice from the Scriptures I put there. But thou, O man of God, flee these things. Follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, Love, patience, and meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, which thou hast also, thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. So there's some sound advice from Scripture. Flee, follow, and fight. The three things mentioned there. I give thee charge. He goes on. Well, let's go to verse 14. That thou keep... This commandment without spot unbreakable until the appearing of our Lord Jesus. And I think we're right on the cusp of that. Let's do what he said here. Keep his command. Shift. I put this as shift your focus in verses 14 and to 17. Shift it to the scriptures. Shift it to the second coming and the saviour. Shift it to his sovereign reign in verse 15, in which in time, his times he shall show who is the blessed potentate and king of kings and lord of lords. Shift your focus from being carnal and covetousness and wanting the things of this world to the Lord and he will meet your need. You know, I have, I, I've been going through this too. It, just after my heart operation, the week after, I think I talked to you folks. <laughs> This way. Just after I had open heart surgery, I had bad news financially. Put it that way, big bad news. <laughs> and uh, I wasn't going to get anything as an inheritance. And I was on the phone, and I, it did, didn't help me recovery real quick. But it hurt. It did hurt. I thought, Lord, you know, I've been working for you all these years, and look what you've done now. <laughs> See, I can play too. <laughs> we can be guilty of it. But and, and the Lord's still teaching us even this week about those sort of things in financial matters. And it's not small dollars. It's big dollars. And maybe the Lord knows if I had it, I might go on a long holiday and give up preaching. And you know, No, you're going to stay here, mate. <laughs> maybe that's what the Lord... I don't think I would... I don't know until I got it, do I? But <clears throat> praise the Lord. He provides our needs. Look at the Saviour. Look at the Scriptures. Look at the sovereign reign. Think of it to come. <laughs> Andrew said, remember, it's September. And remember what happens. On, he told me this yesterday. Not quite this way. On the 19th. I said, okay. Yep, I get what you're saying. I if you don't, don't worry about it. 
If you want to know, I'll talk to you about it. <laughs> but <clears throat> praise the Lord for things that could happen. Things that could happen. Near future. And with all that is happening, it would be great news if it did happen. But <clears throat> keep your eye on the Saviour on his coming. On his splendour, in verse 16, who, who only hath immortality dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen, nor can see, to whom be honour and power and everlasting amen. Charge them that will be rich, to be rich in good works, not high-minded, trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us all, or all things richly to enjoy. Trust in his supply. Stop complaining, whinging and bellyaching and griping. God is not pleased with those sort of people but look to the Lord I think we've got a positive end to it (laughs) look to him look to his coming look to the sovereign God of the universe and he will meet our needs but be disciplined in what God does provide for you use it wisely as it says there in verse 17 to win people to the Lord Jesus let's pray thank you Lord for your word There's so much to cover in so little time. We look forward to eternity where we will have time to discuss more of these things much more deeply. But thank you for the little time we've had and the folks that have been able to come and are listening in to us via the web. Bless each one, Lord, with the wisdom of centering in on eternal things and not the temporal things. And if we can't be trusted with the temporal things, we won't be trusted with eternal things. And bless those that are listening with salvation who are not saved. May they find the narrow road that leads to life. Get off the broad road and get a right focus on God and things of this world. And bless us as we part to go home. And may we have sweet fellowship in Jesus' name. Amen.